Well, what's up, everybody? How you doing? I uh, hope you're doing fantastic and having a wonderful weekend. If you are new to Grace Church, my name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here, and this is a, a wonderful time uh, for us as a church. We are really, really excited about this time, about what God is doing, what he has done, and also what he's doing in our future. Uh, I know and many times in our lives, you know, we look at our story, and, and we, we understand the chapters of our life, and we know the current you know, situation we're in, but we're also looking forward to the future, right, and, and things and what God might do. And so today, today's message is a little bit different than normal because we are launching out today on phase two of our capital campaign. Uh, this is our Building a Legacy campaign, and so I'm going to be sharing just about finances and the church and, and just the exciting things that God is doing. And so, because for us as a church, uh, you probably are aware that we own land on Minton. I know anytime I talk to people in the community uh, and, and mention the name of our, of our church, they kind of look at me, they're like, wait a second, don't you own land on Minton? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next question is always, so when are you going to build? And, and I tell them, you know, I used to tell them, I'm not sure, we're waiting, we're praying, we're, we're needing to take all these steps, but now I get to tell them, it'll probably be just a few months and we'll break down, and they're like, wow, that's great, that's amazing, and so you guys know that news, you've heard that, and so we, we announced several weeks ago that, that we have a contract with the bank, and, and we're going to be borrowing money to, to do the construction, we have a contract with a general contractor to do all the construction, and so this is just an exciting time. Uh, for us as a church. And the thing that's really neat is, you know, whenever you read scripture and you're like, wow, that just lines up really, really well uh, with, with just our, my life and my story and my marriage, my kids. And, and so here's the deal. There are several passages of scripture that line up very, very well for us as a church. So this is just really neat. So I'm going to dive through several of those and, and dig into them uh, because you know, when you look at the Old Testament, right, we understand the first book of the Old Testament is Genesis, and then the second book of the, the New Testament is, or the Old Testament is Exodus, right? And so what Exodus is, is, is when Moses comes on the scene. And so Exodus is when God wants to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. They had been enslaved for 400 years, and, and, and God was done with it. He had heard their cries, and he's like, all right, now it's time. So he raises up a leader, and so Moses comes on the scene, leads them out, uh, of Egypt, and, and they spend a period of time in the wilderness, right? And we all have different seasons of our life where we feel like we're in a wilderness, right? We're going, God, where are you? What's the deal? Why can't I just get to where we want to be? And so, but what's really neat is, and, and really powerful, is God is always in our wilderness time. God leads us and guides us in our wilderness time. And, and even despite the, the, the Israelites going, God, where are you? He met them in that place. He was leading them and guiding them supernaturally. And so he understood that they needed a connection with him. And so what he gave to them was a tabernacle. Uh, and, a, and a tabernacle is, is a, you know, the biblical word for basically a traveling tent. It was a traveling church. You know, that, that's the way it was because what they would do is they would bring their, 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 their sacrifices and, the, and, and so the, the high priest would do the sacrifices. But this whole tent was designed to be set up and torn down. So as God moved them and led them through the wilderness, they could set it all up, do their sacrifices, and then, and then they continued to move on. And so the Ark of the Covenant was a, a big piece of all this. You know, and you're going, what's the deal? Like, how does all that make sense? Because God's presence was with the Ark of the Covenant. And so God led them, and he was there. And 
oh my gosh, we are a portable church. We set up and tear down every single Sunday. You know, we put all this stuff together and we take it down every single week. I mean, it, we're so thankful, right, for an incredible movie theater and, 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 and the amenities that we get that come with this. Like, it's, it's pretty nice. We, we enjoy it. But we, there is a challenge with setting up and tearing down. But here's the deal. Every single Sunday, we feel God's presence. Uh, we feel the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what's so important. You know, th that to me is, is more important than anything else. As long as I know that God is in it, and the Holy Spirit is moving, and people's lives are being changed, and, and Christ is being lifted up, like that is the most important thing. But with all that, you know, the, the Israelites were so thankful to have God's presence, but God also had given them a promise. He said, hey, I'm giving you a land, a promised land that will be yours. And so with our Building a Legacy campaign, there's a, a passage of scripture uh, in Deuteronomy that we've adopted as our own because we feel that same type of promise from the Lord. And so this is our Building a Legacy theme verse. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16. It says, For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you are about to enter and occupy. And so God had promised, right? God had said to the Israelites, he's like, this is going to be yours, this area, this region, you're going to move in there. And, and so we feel absolutely the same calling in our life. And when you look at those verses, it's like, you've got to follow after the Lord. You've got to be obedient to him. And I'll tell you what, we absolutely feel that we have. And that's what's so wonderful to be able to say, you know what, this is our time. This is exciting. God is allowing us to move into the land, you know, that, that we purchased several years ago. And so when you look at the correlation of, of Scripture uh, and the Old Testament, you know, the Israelites entered into their land, and we're going to do that. And, and King David was there, and, and he was leading, and King David is known as one of the greatest kings uh, in, in the time of Israel. And so King David loved God so much, what he wanted to do is he wanted to build God a permanent house, right? And, and someday, I don't know what it's like for you, but I hope one day my kids, like they build me a permanent house. Like, I, I, you know, I, I love to take care of my parents, and, and, and I asked one of my sons one time, I'm like, will you take care of me when I'm older? He's like, oh yeah, dad, like I'll take care of you, I'll get you your own house. And so that King David loved God so much. He's like, God, you have got to have your own house, and it's got to be big, and it's got to be awesome, and it's got to be amazing. And so he does that. And so God, the thing that's interesting is, even though David loved God so much and was so passionate and wanted to do this, God communicated back to him. He said, basically said, I, I love that you love me so much, and I feel your worship, and I acknowledge that, but you will not be the one that builds this house for me. And, and can you imagine can you imagine being David in that moment going, what? Like, are you kidding me? This is a good thing. Like, I want to do a good thing for you as worship is unto you. And God was like, yes, I, I understand that, but it's not to be you. It's to be your son. And so sometimes in our lives, right, God, God communicates to us and he's like, mm, yeah, that's great that you want to do that, but I've got something different, right? And, and sometimes we battle with that. Like, we, we have a challenge with that. But David's response was incredible. It was so amazing. I mean, he basically got shut down by God. And God's like, nah, like that's not going to be the case. But what David did, David said, okay, if I'm not going to do that, can I make all the preparations for it? And God was like, absolutely. And so instead of being the one to, to, to construct the temple of the Lord, 
David's like, I'm going to get everything together. If that's all I get to do, then I, that's my part. That's what I want to do and be a part of. And so he calls all of Israel together. And he addresses the entire crowd, the nation of Israel. And this is where we get to my first point and what I want to share with you in 1 Chronicles 28. Because the spiritual atmosphere regarding worshiping the Lord and having a temple is paramount. And so in verse 8, this is what he says. So now with, with God as our witness, in the sight of all of Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this charge. Be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. And so David is saying, it is most important for us to follow after God. And if we do that, then there is something that comes after. There is a legacy that is passed on to our kids and to other people. And so as God as my witness, it is more important for us to follow Jesus than to have a building. I, I believe that with all of my heart. No, no doubt in my mind. And, and there have been times, you know, along the way in the story, you know, some people have said, you know, we're doing good things in the movie theater. And, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But and I always think of, you know, we could absolutely do more if we had our own facility. It would be a bigger resource. But at the end of that, I always say, but if that's not what the Lord has for us, then we will continue to do exactly what he wants us to do. Uh, but I just, I, I'm a little excited, though, about having a new building. I don't know about you, but a church building without the presence of God in it is just an empty shell, right? We can have all the lights, we can have the projectors, we can have the screen. You could get your free coffee and your donuts, but without God's presence, it's just brunch. It's just brunch on Sunday morning. And so for us as a church, we are, we're passionate about continuing with what we do. Like, we want to continue to impact the community. We want to do good things and serve, but we want to do it through, with the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't just want this empty building, you know, that, that, that is just there for people to look at. I mean, there are, there are people in our community that don't yet know Christ. And, and we're the ones that are to share that with them. We are to show his love. We are to wear love out. We are to, to talk about Jesus with our friends and family and neighbors and at work. Like, it's okay to talk about Jesus. Like, you know, we, we, we should not be so worried about offending people because of our Lord and Savior. Like, we're far too worried about that. And here's the deal. Jesus is offensive to people because he calls us to righteousness. It means that we leave our life of sin and we walk and we surrender our life over to him. That's challenging. That's offensive to people. But are we willing to do that? Are we willing to step out? And so we will impact. We will do that. And then the whole goal, right, is to, to continue to develop relationships with people and get people in groups and, and going through the Discover Track and being in a freedom group and serving on teams. I mean, we are called as a body of Christ to be disciplers, like to, to reach the lost and share the good news and to disciple them. Like that's the formula, that, and that's what we'll follow after. And so to me, like following Jesus is so worth it. Everything in my life is focused on him. And so when you talk about building a legacy, that's exactly what David was communicating. He's like, we get to leave something behind. We get to invest in something that, that's going to be a benefit to an entire community. And so following the Lord and building a building that God will use to further his kingdom. That's what David was talking about. And that's our heart. That's our desire. And so King David continues to share with the people of Israel. In verse 9, he says, And Solomon, my son... Learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart. 
and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple that as his sanctuary, be strong and do the work. Do you see what David is saying to his son and the magnitude of it? Solomon, I, I wanted to do this, but God picked you. Please realize how big of a deal this is. So I need you, just for a moment, to put yourself in my shoes. Aaron, you're leading a church. And we're going to put a building on a piece of land. But I need you to continue to follow after me and be passionate for me. Because I want to do amazing things. I want to continue to do amazing things. And I am so thankful for a church body, a group of people, leaders and people that serve. And you got your heart for our community. Because I, there's no, like, I don't want to do this alone. That's not what, about, what it's about. Is this my calling? Absolutely. Do I shy away from it? No way. But I am so glad that I've got a group, whole, whole church full of people that is excited about this you know, just as much as I am. Because with every single building, there's a spiritual side, and we get it. Like, there's a spiritual emphasis on having the building. And there's also a physical side to it. We know that. We get that. And so David proclaims, like, well, you've got to follow after the ways of the Lord. You have to be passionate for him. And then he gives Solomon the architectural plans. He's like, hey, here's the designs. Here's the plan for the temple. And so I want to share with you, like, our designs. We have some pictures. We have some architectural drawings that we have, you know, of our building in the structure. And so we have the, the site plan where, you know, you can see the site and you can see the parking lot. You know, you can see the building. You can see our retention pond. You can see Mitten Road there. Like, that's amazing. That's wonderful. This, this is what David did with his son. He's like, hey, here's, here's what you're going to do. And so it's been so fun over the last couple of years to lay out a design and a plan, you know, a site plan. And then we have, you know, the building plan where, where we have, you know, the structure itself. You can see the auditorium will have about 400 seats in it. You can see just at the top that there, there's, there's some four multi-purpose rooms that we're going to be using for kids ministry on, on Sunday mornings and for classrooms and offices. And, and, and then we have some storage space on the one side. And, and, and part of the, the side, like we have opportunity for future expansion. And so this is exciting, right? Great foyer, great design, great, great flow for people to come in so that God will be glorified, so that lives will be changed, so that kids will know what it is to, to read God's word, to grow up with Christ, so that teenagers will experience a loving God in, 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 their, in their need and trying to search for themselves and figure out who they are, that they can find their identity in Christ. Where young people, college students, young adults, newly married couples, coming to know the Lord. So those of us that have a couple more years and a few gray hairs and our kids are older, right? To, to just be passionate in our parenting and grandparenting and pouring into them and discipling how God has shown us. Can't you see like that taking place? I, I, like I can. I can see the faces. I can see the families. I've had several people tell me, we're going to ride our bikes to church. That building's going to be so close to our house. We're going to ride our bikes. Like, I, like, that's amazing to me. That's so incredible. And so that's our heart. That's our passion. That was David's passion. And David continues, right? And he begins to talk about building the building and building the temple. And the reality that, number two, resources are necessary. In First Chronicles 29, verse 2, this is David saying, he goes, 
using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for the building of the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. And so David gathered all the resources, right? And so what I want to share with you, I am so just excited about this piece where the lead team over the last several years has continued to be faithful and manage well and budget well and, and save and, and spend appropriately and, and basically has created margin inside of the church budget and to save as much as we possibly could. So at this point, we have $900,000 in cash for our building. Like, that's a lot of money, somebody. That's just shy of a million. That's amazing. That's miraculous, and that's incredible. Like, that's so exciting. And so if you've been around a little bit, uh, several years ago, we launched in out phase one. In October of 2016, we launched phase one of our Building a Legacy campaign. And over the course of two years, we raised $1.2 million, and we've continued to save over the last two years. And so what that means is when you look at our site work and the construction and the building and, and all the expenses, uh, all of it to, to get the building is $3.1 million. And so we have 900000 in cash, and the bank is lending us $2.2 million. And for all of you, uh, you know, slightly math, you know, math people that struggle in math a little bit, 900000 plus 2.2 is 3.1. Our expenses are 3.1. Like it, and I'm going, yes, like that's why we were able to announce, let's do this. It's time. Let's go for it. So we, we began, like we signed the contract to begin the building. This is miraculous for us as a church. This is absolutely incredible. And then David shares personally, right? King David talks. He's like, hey, we got to gather the resources. And here's what I want to talk about personally. And, and it continues in verse three. He says, and now because of my devotion to the, in first Chronicles 29, verse three, and now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help the, in the construction. This, in addition to the building materials, I have already collected for his holy temple. Now, what I want to share with you is just the personal side uh, for us, for, for Nicole and I. Ten years ago, when we knew that we were going to launch out and plant a church, I cashed in my IRA. Uh, that, that's not something that I say like in a prideful way or a boastful way or like, look at me, you know, kind of, I'm just sharing the reality of when God put this in our heart, he's like, you're going to lay everything on the line for me. And so we knew like we were, it was going to take resources, it was going to take finances. So we cashed in my IRA to help start the church. It helped us to get a down payment on a house because I don't know if you've ever tried to go and buy a house when you look at them and you go, I don't really have a job, but I have a dream and a vision in my heart to start a church. And they go, yeah, so how much money is that going to bring in because how are you going to pay your mortgage payment? And so we needed money. We needed resources to do the down payment. And then also we needed to cover our own personal expenses until the church got to the point where it could begin to give me a salary. You know, first paid person on, like that, that's, that's just reality. You know, and many of you, you've started your own businesses and that you get it. It's the same deal. It's the same example. And so our family sacrificed to get, you know, the church going. Our family has given, you know, towards the future facility to build a legacy. And, and right now we're praying about how much we can give in phase two. We are bought in, like full all the way, like phase two, building a legacy. We are all about it. 
And so resources are necessary. And here's the thing that's awesome. This is so encouraging. And I hope that you can buy into this. It's the third point. It's that everyone gave. When David said that and he communicated, every single person gave. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Then the family's leaders, leaders of the tribe of Israel, the generals, captains of the army, the king's administrative officers, all gave willingly. And so I just want to tell you guys, you guys are a generous church, right? We already have $900,000 in cash, which is amazing. Why? Because of we have a generous church. You guys love God. You're obedient with your finances. You walk by a budget. You make decisions. You, you give. And so it's just it's amazing. And so you give to God. You give to family members. You probably give to people that are in need. We hear so many stories of how God uses you in our community. Like, it's amazing. You probably give to other nonprofits. I mean, I remember a story from a few years ago. Uh, there was a, a person that was attending uh, our Discover Track. You, you heard the announcement about Discover Track Express. It's, it's kind of like Grace Church 101, 201, 301. It says, you got to know who we are if you're going to be bought into the church. And so there was a person that was at the Discover Track. And they were having some car issues, and like they couldn't get it started, they had problems. And, and so there was a guy in our church who was there, and he took the car, got it fixed so it would be able to start again, and then he also filled it up with gas. And I'm like, dang, that's so, not only just like fix the battery alternator, like, right, I get that, that's awesome and amazing. And he filled it up. Like, come on, like, that's so legit. That's so incredible. He didn't need to do that. He didn't even need to do the first thing, but then he went over and above. It just, that shows the heart about us as a church and who we are and our culture and just the generosity. And so every single one of us, we've given to nonprofits and, and just people that are, you know, raising money, Girl Scout cookies, like all of it. We, we do it, even our kids. Like, if you have kids, they probably have said, hey, we need to put some money in that red jar where the person's ringing the bell. Like, we, we need to do that, right? And so here's what I want to share with you. We all have decided how much we're going to give. And, and so there are different giving levels that we all give. Every single one of us, we decide. And so you have decided in your mind that you are either a percentage giver or an amount giver. And so what I need you to do in this moment right now is put yourself in the category in the group that you're in. I have a graphic to, so that you can see this. So are you a percentage giver where you give 0% to 1% to 5 to 10 or 10 plus? Or are you a, a, an amount giver where you say, oh, I, right now I don't really give anything or I give a little bit, I give it weekly, I give it monthly, I, I give it annually. You put yourself in that category. What group are you in based on how you think and how you feel regarding your generosity towards the Lord and giving in church? Because we're all in a category up there, every single one of us. So which category are you in? Because what we're going to do, what I'm doing today, is I'm asking that you would pray, that you would go after God at how much you should give. Because I'm asking that you would put God and that you would put Grace Church at the top of your giving for this campaign. And, and like, I, I am so passionate about this, and I know so many of you have come forward and said, I'm in, I'm doing it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, and, and this is so exciting because our vision is alive, the Holy Spirit is moving, it's powerful. God has obviously, obviously been working on our behalf, and we want every single one of you to be involved. So if you don't give, we're asking that you would start giving. 
unapologetically, because that way we can be a part of what God is doing. Do you see what God is doing already? Like, I sure do, and I hope that you can too. And so you want to be a part of that. We want you to. Like, this is such a big deal. We've all got to be involved together. And so I shared the numbers. I shared the amount, which is so exciting. And so now the the 3.1 million gets us to the place where we can have the building. But it's just there's nothing in it. And so we've talked over the last several weeks. And, you know, so our minimum goal is to raise $317,000 for the FF&E. And FF&E stands for Furniture, Furnishings, and Equipment. So we have audiovisual, the lighting, the projectors, the screens, the chairs, the kids' equipment. And so we want you to pray how you can be involved. And so we've given you a Building a Legacy commitment card. You, it ha, it's right there on your seat. You can see it. There, there's a, an informational card that talks about the vision and, and just some questions that you can think about and ponder as you pray. Uh, then there's a, a commitment card. And so we just have put some amounts on there. So you can put yourself in a category because some people, you know, they get paid weekly, bi-weekly, bi-monthly, monthly salary commission, right? We're, we're, you know, you're collecting dividends on your retirement. Like, I get it. I totally, you're a single mom. You're a, you're a set income family. Like, I get it. I totally understand. But we wanted to lay this card out for you and ask that you would pray and seek God's face and ask him. Ask him what you should give and how you should give and how much. As you put yourself in a group, in a category, in amounts. And so we're just simply asking for some next steps on your part. So the next steps are this. We want you to pray about it. Pray about giving. Don't come to me and ask how much you should give. I want you to pray, you know, and ask. Now, when you talk about $317,000, are we hoping that there will be some people that give large amounts? Yeah, $100,000, $50,000, Yeah, we need those large amounts given, no doubt about it. But then there's got to be, you know, a group of people that, that decide, like, you know, I'm going to do 1,000. I'm going to do 500. That's just, that's just what we need. So we want you to pray. We want you to look at your budget. If you're married, talk to your spouse. Pray together. Look at your, spouse, look at your budget together and fill out the pledge, card, the pledge card and start giving. And so the length of time for this capital campaign is 12 months uh, because we, we have enough money to build the building and then we move in. Right, And so that's about 12 months. We don't have an exact time frame and stuff, but it's around 12 months. So we're asking that you would make a 12-month commitment and that over the next two weeks that you would fill out the pledge card and that you would turn it in. And now here's why we're asking you to fill this out and turn it in. Because the pledge cards give us the amount of where we're at. And it allows us to show the bank the amount of pledges that we have. Because the bank is very interested in us moving in and continuing to grow and do what you know, God has called us to because they're lending us $2.2 million. They don't want us to tank. They want us to do well, right? So we've got to show them, hey, this is what we're doing. This is you know, what's going on. So we're going to create a plan based on the pledges that are given in. And so that's the way it's going to work. So we're asking that over the next two weeks that you would pray, that you would submit the card. And I understand there are some of you that you're going to give out of your surplus, right? You just, you're more affluent, you, you have good income, you do dual income family, you know, I, I, like whatever the scenario is, I realize that there are some of you that are giving out of an abundance, which is amazing. That's so incredible that you have the wealth to be able to invest in what God is doing, this in, in, doing in this community. So we just ask that you make a plan. 
And then I also understand that there are some of you that will be doing sacrificial giving. Where you look at your budget and right now you're going, I don't know how. Like, how are we going to do that? I don't know how much. It's not going to work. And so here's what I want to press a little bit. Like, I know for a fact that in our culture, in our society, in our community, we've got it pretty good. We don't think we do, but we really do. And so what I'm asking is that you would pay attention to, to how much you make and where it's going and recognize that there's some wiggle room in there. There's some margin. So maybe the sacrificial giving for us is that you don't buy your new vehicle this year. Like you wait till next year, right? And, and, and some people are like, well, are you kidding me? Like we, we have the opportunity to buy vehicles a lot of times. Maybe you don't go on your second vacation this year. That's the kind of sacrificial giving that I'm asking. Maybe like just we, we've been thinking of creative ways how people can look at their budget and, and adjust. Maybe you give a portion of your tax return, right? It's, it's tax season. Like, what, what if you just said, hey, you know, that's money that I didn't plan on. I was looking forward to it. But yeah, like, it would be awesome to give. What if you decided that your weekly coffee money that you spend is going to go to invest in, in, in the future facility and the chair that you're going to sit in in a year? Because if you go to Starbucks or Dunkin', Three times a week, and you buy a $4 coffee, that's $12 a week. If you commit to 42 weeks, not even 52, 42 weeks, that's $500 of coffee that you could say, you know what, I'm going to fast coffee for a year, and I'm going to give that $500 towards the facility. Now, I know I'm not crazy. I'm passionate, and I hope that you get it. The scripture lines up with this. Our story lines up with this. And I know that I'm not crazy because so many people are bought in. In fact, I have a video that I want to share with you of a family that has just made incredible commitments and steps forward as God has led them in their finances. So watch the screen. Hi, I'm Rodney. And I'm Chantel. We decided that we were going to tithe, and we accepted that challenge, even when it wasn't convenient and when it was difficult. Over the years, as we've grown, um, we've developed that habit of giving, and we even give above the 10%, um, and we've been able to make fun and exciting goals in giving our lot. And then beyond that, I think God sometimes speaks to one of us, or God will speak to both of us um, to do things beyond, uh, beyond tithing. So early on in our marriage, um, we were committed to uh, paying off all of our student loan debt, and um, so one of the ways we chose to do that was to um, sell my wedding dress. And um, so we found uh, someone who was going to purchase it and went and met them um, so that she could try it on. And um, she uh, came with her family, and they were as they were talking to us, um, more and more, I just felt like we should just give this to her. And um, we did, and we just said, you know what, we're just going to give it to you. And they just started crying, they were so happy, and um, you know, we know that that made a lasting impact on her life um, and on her family. A verse I like to think about when I think of being generous is the generous world prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And when I think of giving, uh, not just your time, but other resources, uh, 
That's the most important thing we could be doing with our resources. There's so much mission and purpose and blessing others um, in, with something that you have that you can offer them. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave, God set the standard for us in living a generous life by giving us Jesus. He chose to give up and sacrifice his most precious and valuable treasure to rescue us from our sins and invite us into relationship with him. As Christians, if we really want to reach people, what goes farther than our words are our actions, and giving is a great way to do that. God is calling all of us to be a part of what he's doing on this earth and in our generation. He's inviting us in to help further his kingdom, to help make his name known, and to help spread the gospel. And part of how we can do that is through our giving. During the first Building a Legacy campaign, we committed to giving a certain amount that year. Unfortunately, just life events happened, and we ended up having to get our cars fixed a couple of times, and it just was not looking like it was going to work out in our budget um, that year to be able to do it. But we decided and we committed that we were going to um, keep our word and give the amount that we pledged by the end of the year, even if that meant we had to go into our savings to do it. And then there was a hurricane that came to town that required um, us submitting a claim. And as you can imagine, it's a very frustrating process going through the claim process. But what ended up happening was the claim um, amount that we got was actually more than enough to fix what we needed to fix with our house. And that amount of money was exactly the amount that we had pledged to give to the Building a Legacy campaign. So we knew at that point that that was God opening up the door for us to follow through on the commitment that we originally made and it was without a doubt um, just a decision on our part to do it to to give what we had left and we did it with excitement because we saw how God opened that door honestly it just becomes fun we look for opportunities to give we enjoy it and I think the more that you give the more um, joy it brings you I think um, in the beginning for us, it started kind of out of just, we knew that's what we were supposed to do, and now it's grown to um, a place where we just couldn't imagine life without um, having giving be such a huge priority to us. So what a powerful video, right? Just a story of a family, and man, I'll tell you what, God has used them in incredible ways, and so we want that for every single one of us. And so we're asking if you don't give, that you would start giving. Uh, and if you do give, that you would put yourself in a level and that we're asking that you would step up, that you would fill, the, fill out the card and watch what God does. I mean, that's what's so incredible about this, not only in your life, but through our church and in our community, because it's going to be amazing. We want you to be a part of that. And so we, we're asking that you would pray, that you would fill out the card, that you would turn it in, and that you would begin giving right away. Uh, we've given out little envelopes, you know, with the building a legacy, and you can use those, and, and so you can put them in, or you can do electronic giving. There's lots of ways to do that, but we're asking that you would pray, that you would seek God's face and, and see what he would do in your life and, and the amount that he would put on your mind and your heart uh, to do that. So let's pray as we close this service. Lord God, we come before you, and Father, thank you so much uh, for who you are. Lord, we recognize you're the provider. Uh, you're our source. Lord, you're the one that, that gives us everything we need. And you're the one that puts the surplus in our life. And that's just so incredible. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for sending Jesus 
in our life where we're, all of the sins that we have are forgiven and cleansed and we're restored. And so, we're, Lord, we just, for that alone, we're so grateful. And so, Lord, we're just with this desire in our heart as a church to have a building and to continue to, to see the, the vision that you've put in our heart, in our community, uh, in this, this county, this region, just to, to reach people that don't yet know you, Lord, that that would continue to just be the fuel and the passion for us and who we are. Uh, Lord, and we seek your face. We ask that you would provide in miraculous ways. Uh, Lord, you are incredible. We love you so much with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name.